Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope. With your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. A Hopi prophecy is playing out upon our planet. The emergence of the future of what I call the fifth world has begun. And you can read this in the earth itself. Plants forms from previous worlds have begun. Did you see them this summer? Did you stop to notice? New seeds are being planted in the skies as stars. Did you gather information about the Lion's Gateway opening up? Did you notice the sky this summer? New seeds are being planted in our hearts. New possibilities are here. And all of these seeds are the same depending on how you look at them. This is what makes the emergence to the next fifth world possible. So, of course, I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Pure Hope Show tonight. This is a pre-recorded program. And it is dedicated to helping all of us move into our time of new possibilities. We have with us tonight a best-selling author, Melissa Joy Johnson, with us this evening. And she will be speaking about her book called Little Book of Big Potentials. She will share her life, her knowledge, and her book, and so much more. Melissa Joy is best known for her ability to engage people from all over the world to embrace their true authentic power, and who would not want to do that? And they do this, what she states, is through accessing their universal consciousness by playing in the field of the heart. Melissa has been teaching popular life-transforming seminars, which we will be speaking to her about, around the globe since 2008. And I'm going to ask all of you, that who are listening to this program, if you feel any resistance, because everyone sometimes there's a bit of resistance that comes up when new topics are exposed or talked about, that I would ask you to just explore that resistance because once you sit with an idea just for a while or remain mindful of an idea, it's amazing how you can enter into a field of what I call unfiltered energy that lets a statement or perhaps a sentence or a word change the direction of your life. As always, this is what we try to give to you in all of our programs. If you are listening to this right now, I believe that you have been guided by a loving, protective, intelligent force field that has brought you to this moment and to our program. So I welcome you all. And I continue to pray to energetically invite others always to our program. 
because we set them with the greatest of intention of helping raise the consciousness of the world. So enjoy, relax, as we welcome to our program tonight, Melissa Joy Johnson. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hello. What a beautiful, beautiful opening. Thank you so very much. I loved what you shared and particularly loved your reference to new seeds being planted in our hearts. And I also loved how you invited the listeners to pay attention to any sort of resistance that might come up through the course of the show. Um, And I love that because to me, resistance is, it's opportunity and possibility. And it's something we want to explore and pay attention to because there's a freedom and flexibility that becomes available when we, when we open into any resistance with curiosity. So beautiful opening. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I put that in there because as a light worker myself and as doing this, I can remember when I started out many, 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 many moons ago and and I had this resistance, constant resistance, and my teachers would say, okay, explore that resistance. And um, so we can talk a little bit about that resistance. I know that I talked to you, Melissa, just a little bit on the air uh, before we came on the air, and I said, well, thank you very much, Melissa, for um, doing what you do and going forward in what you do. And we talked about how lots of people have this fear-based reality that kind of stops them from going forward. So let's let, let's go into that a little bit. How would you suggest people begin to drop their resistance? Well, I think one of the ways that we can begin to drop our resistance is to no longer associate resistance with being resistance, but actually reframing it as as an opportunity. When when we come up against something that we label as as resistance, it's because we are experiencing a pattern of information with a charge, either for or against that pattern. And anytime there's a charge for or against a particular pattern, um, instead of creating a reflection of the truth of universal consciousness as a movement in flow, we actually lock into the charge and we exclude all other possibilities. So there's a physics of limitation that follows naturally any time we are in resonance with something called resistance. If we recognize a perceived resistance as an opportunity, a potentiality, a possibility that exists alongside limitless other possibilities, then we are opening our awareness into really a state of being able to flow with or without the pattern. So just the very nature of calling something resistance is talking about a charge, and the charge limits all other possibilities. It's like there's, there's this huge smear of potentiality that's available. And whenever we have a resistance for or against something, that's all that can express through consciousness. So embracing the resistance and allowing it to be from essentially a space of neutrality is the easiest way for the pattern to begin to change. Got it. Yes, got it, got it, got it. That's a great way to reframe that word and perhaps choose a different word like opportunity. Um, well, and and usually, usually our resistances to uh, 
change, so to speak, or resistance to new information is a placeholder that represents some program that we're running in our hologram. Like if someone presents new information to us and we are reluctant to accept that in our universe, it may be because that new information doesn't resonate with how we've programmed ourselves to experience our reality. And when we realize that, then we, then we have the power to choose to integrate the information and or not resonate with it moving forward. Hmm. Hmm. So how would you call, you know, when we talked a little bit before, I want to describe we work with or co-create with universal consciousness. Many, perhaps, many of our listeners perhaps know what universal consciousness is. Perhaps many people do not. How would you describe universal consciousness? Well, I would describe universal consciousness in a number of different ways. Uh, in the most simplest terms, we could talk about universal consciousness as unconditional love, uh, consciousness in a preconditioned essence. It's, it's the nothing from which all things express as. Um, unconditional love is a very neutral way to describe the creative intelligence of the universe, the cohesive force that unifies and connects absolutely everything. Um, so universal consciousness is, is the all um, expressing through particular conditions. So it's unconditional love. It's a preconditioned essence. It's, um, it's really love before love has spun as a movement in consciousness to express and reflect upon itself. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I had talked also about how I've read some of your articles on your website and I kind of really got into this whole thing about um, collapsing the waves through perception, this cosmic energy, and I don't know if you would consider that universal consciousness, that there's just waves of energy in this universal consciousness and you can collapse the waves. Is that your perception or...? Well, the collapse, the collapse of the wave function, it's a, it's a common term in quantum physics, uh, and, and I don't have to get into to all of the physics, uh, but I want to answer it in the context of how you've asked the question. Um, and, and essentially, the collapse of the wave function in physics, it's, it, it, it's an experiment that demonstrates that, <clears throat> that matter and, and light basically um, can display characteristics of both waves and particles. That the, the reality that we observe around us that appears to be um, fixed isn't necessarily particle-based, it's actually wave-based as well. Going back to the beginning of your question, universal consciousness includes everything as part of itself. So it is both the wave of possibility and the <clears throat> particle of perspective-based reality. It includes all perspectives as part of itself. So the collapse of the wave function is not necessarily universal consciousness. It is an expression of universal consciousness. If there were to be a coherent smear of infinite potentiality, that would really be universal consciousness. And then that potentiality um, can express through probabilities, and then depending upon how we observe those pro probabilities, 
we as the observer collapse the wave function into a particle-based reality based on our perceptions. So where this ties into our experience of being conscious co-creators with universal consciousness is that our perceptions, our observations, our um, frames of references, our beliefs, our opinions, all influence the apparent behavior of reality. How we choose to observe or perceive reality is akin to the collapse of the wave function. So we are connected to universal consciousness, which is limitless potential, and then based on how we resonate with information or connect to information, and then how we observe that information, that influences the behavior of reality, and that is the result of the collapse of the wave function. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? It's a very, it's, it's an abstract concept, but it's very important because it empowers us to realize that then our perceptions very much influence the the apparent perception of reality. Well, I think that's how we create the new reality is to understand how to collapse those waves that you just explained. And one of the things I want to let all of our audience know, the reason why I really enjoy Melissa's information is because she takes pretty what I would call complicated concepts and she's able to write up information to help us understand that information in not so complex ways. So I thought you did a really good job. I, I would have hemmed and hot over that question. So Well, well thanks. I'll, I'll give a, a really simple, a simple way that, that brings it back to all of us, and particularly to all the listeners. Like your experience of yourself right now, the, the way things are, are playing out in your reality is the result of the collapse of the wave function. Out of all these infinite possibilities, um, those possibilities have become probabilities that have actualized as a specific expression called this is your life. This is the way things are. And because of the habituated nature of the way we perceive things, we always see things in the same old way, we are continually recollapsing the wave function into states of no change. In order to experience change, in order to access a new reality, we have to both uncollapse the wave function and then recollapse the wave function into a different choice point or a different wave of potentiality that then creates a new particle of reality. This is something that um, We've been teaching students around the world uh, through a platform known as Matrix Energetics, and I also teach it through the Amjoy seminars, that there is an, an art and science to interactive reality creation that empowers us to move beyond how we've um, created our reality bubbles into a different bubble that's based on more potential, more flow, more fulfillment, uh, more self-love, and really more self-empowerment. So when we titled this show, Big Potentials Are Here, why don't you speak to us a little bit about that book that is uh, number one bestseller, Little Book of Big Potential. Let, let our audience or listeners know a little bit about your book and why you created it. Thank you. The Little Book of Big Potentials, 24 Fields of Flow, Fulfillment, Abundance, and Joy in Everyday Life is really a, 
a loving manual for extraordinary living. Um, the book is really based on um, living and embodying your true authentic self from the field of the heart. Now, I define the true authentic self um, a little bit differently than many people who talk about uh, living as your authentic self or living as your true self. Um, the way that that construct was um, provided to me uh, when I initially began working with this information is that the true authentic self is a synthesis of the true self with the authentic self. The true self being the fact that we are universal consciousness. We are unconditional love and infinite potential. Living peacefully with our authentic self, which is the part of ourself that has been programmed and conditioned to experience so-called perceived limitations. When we integrate our limitless essence with those so-called perceived limitations, then all of our limitations become springboards that create a trajectory for true fulfillment and extraordinary living. The book, Little Book of Big Potentials, while there's 24 specific fields of information, and I'll talk about what that means in a moment, um, the book really teaches the reader how to command field flow, how to connect to or establish resonance with specific fields of information that will give rise to manifesting our true authentic desires reflected as experiences in what I call our love hologram. Information in the universe is it's organized based on self-similarity in something that is called fields. When we resonate in fields of fear, fields of separation, fields of division, then what we experience in our hologram in our everyday life is fear and separation and division and subsequently limitation and dissatisfaction. When we resonate in fields of love, in fields of unity, in fields of abundance, in fields of joy, and in fields of flow, then that creates a physics and a momentum that allows for those subsequent experiences to play out in our lives. And so what is woven through the book is a heart-centered approach for commanding field flow so that we can change up how we relate to anything and everything in our individual and shared love holograms. So Matrix Energetic and also your book, the little book of big potentials, is then more of a manual of techniques, per se, to help people move into their own empowerment? Well, let me first just clarify that Little Book of Big Potentials is not about matrix energetics. The Little Book of okay. Big Potentials is based on the Amjoy uh, work and the Amjoy seminars and the Amjoy teachings. However, the Amjoy teachings, as well as matrix energetics, both essentially serve as um, consciousness-based technologies that support us in experiencing more of our own inherent potential. Um, I really want to clarify, however, that the teachings in Little Book of Big Potentials, it's not a technique. It's not a modality. Um, to some extent, 
matrix energetics has been perceived as a modality, although Dr. Bartlett and I very consistently teach to our students that you can use the principles in matrix energetics as a modality, but it is very much a way of being and a way of relating to an infinitely ever-presently expansive conscious-based universe. Love it. Love it that it's a way of being. That's Again, that's a much better way of putting that. It's a, a way of being. Well, part of the, the inherent limitation in modalities is that they all function based on um, a habituated way of relating to information. Um, all modalities are essentially morphic fields. In order to get into rapport or in conversation with a modality, you have to follow specific steps. You, you do step A and step B in order to get C as an outcome. And inherent to the teachings of matrix energetics is the, 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 the notion of flexibility of consciousness, where um, we, we flow like water in the very next moment, because any rigid container that you, that you pour consciousness into will create the template for, for an expression or energy as experience. The more flexible that you can be, the more likely you are to tap into the essence of universal consciousness, which is formless, limitless, uh, and without conditions or parameters. And then the more likely you are able to access essentially fields of miracles because you haven't put a limiting parameter on how reality needs to show up in the very next moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you explain to us the fields of energy that you talked about, the different fields of energy? Yeah, well, let me let me back up just a little bit because okay. the the 24 fields of flow, fulfillment, abundance and joy in the little book of big potentials are not really fields of energy. They're fields of information. And I explain the distinction uh in the first couple chapters of the book relative to our understanding um about how the universe organizes through information fields. Information fields are essentially fields of potential. Our connection to these information fields is what allows for the expression of energy to unfold. And so we aren't necessarily connecting to energy per se. We are connecting to the source of the energy, and then that the information is what gives shape or form to the energy that then plays out as our experience. It's a, it's a, it seems like a trite difference, but it's actually a very fundamental, important difference because we ultimately, I mean, we don't even know what energy is. Uh, we know right. what energy does. In fact, energy is defined as the capacity to do work. So energy work is the capacity to do work as work. Uh, and I don't know about you, but that, to me, is a very circular uh, form of logic. It is. And, and ultimately, energy is the expression of connection to information. Uh, the, the entire universe is, is filled with information. And all of this information organizes itself in wave-based patterns based on similarity. So these fields are fields of potential that when we play in them, they play through us and our experiences mirror the fields or reflect the fields. So you play in a field of abundance 
and the physics follow that abundance plays out in your life accordingly because you're connecting to information based on abundance. When you play in fields of lack, then what ends up happening is that information serves as the template or the container through which your experiences must, must squeeze into, and then that's what's reflected in your, in your love hologram. So learning to modify field flow and command field flow is an incredibly empowering way to co-create with universal consciousness. Hmm. Would you consider the material in your book or from your book, was that, would you consider it channeled material, received material, or material that you went into this energetic field to receive, or how would you explain that? That's a great question, and I could say, I could say yes and no to every single question that you just <laughs> asked, uh, which is funny. Uh, so, so, in a sense, it is all channeled material in that I am tuning in to a particular uh, field of information, a particular domain of consciousness, and then like an antenna, I am receiving the information. Now, where I would not agree that it's a channel it is that um, I accept full responsibility for every single word that I've put in that book. And there is a lot of me infused within that book. So it's both universal information and then my own individual perspective, which is unique to me as, um, as an individual. So it's a, it's a little bit of both. And what that creates for the reader is that it isn't just this esoteric, uh, conceptual-based, universal truth that is far outside of our reach of experience. It's very, very integrated with the way things are for all of us trying to make our way in three-dimensional reality. We all have struggles. We all have experiences of limitations. We've all been programmed to believe that we're not good enough, that we don't deserve, that we need to be afraid, and that we um, just have to accept that things are the way they are, that reality happens to us. And yet, none of that is really true. It's only true when we resonate with it. And so woven in the book is the opportunity for every reader to really realize that wherever we are on our journey, it's absolutely okay. And that just because things have been the way that they have been up until this point doesn't mean that they have to continue spiraling in that same direction. We always, always have the opportunity to experience change. We always have the opportunity to let go of our limiting beliefs and, and our negative references around what we feel we deserve. And we can always open into receiving more of the unconditional limitless love that is available and integrate that with our unique frames of references that have shaped how we are, but that don't necessarily define or limit who we are. Because we are not our experiences, we are so much more. Wow. I mean, you can certainly, over the air, everybody I'm certain can feel your passion and your oomph of bringing that information out. What, how, I always like to ask the question to all of our guests is what kind of brought you to this spot? (laughs) And maybe that's a 
big, uh, big question. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I mean, the most the most flippant answer would be, well, every experience that I've ever had has yeah. brought me in the same way yeah. that that that's what's brought you here, right? Um, right. But that's but that's a non-answer. Um, you know, to provide a little bit of background, you know, I grew up in an environment where I had one parent that was always saying reality is something that happens to you. And then I had the, another parent that was saying, you know, reality is something you have to make happen. You've got to go out there and do, do, do. And so I was sort of diametrically in this, I was in this opposing perspective where I'm like, so do I need to just be or do I need to do? Like, which is it? And neither really resonated with me. And yet we, we take on the assumptions of our parents and those serve as the um, reality bubbles that we often step into. From a very young age, I was always um, able to kind of tune in to people. Like I, would, I remember going to like parties with my mom, and I'd walk in a room, and I'd look across the room. I'd be you know, six or seven years old, and I would instantly just start telling my mom things about the woman on the other side of the room, which wasn't really an appropriate thing to do as a child. And so I learned to shut that part of my awareness down. I, used, I learned to shut down the intuition in order to be you know, socially accepted, so to speak. Um, when I got out of college, I went into the pharmaceutical industry. And I went into the pharmaceutical industry because I wanted to help people. And I thought that that would be a way that I could support people in moving out of illness into well-being um, without uh, sharing all the experiences that transpired during uh, you know, more than a decade in the pharmaceutical industry. That wasn't really what it was all about. And I reached a point where I was not congruent with the things that were unfolding in that particular morphic field. And I didn't know how to make a change. I had spent you know, more than a decade creating a career. My colleagues were my closest friends. I had a lifestyle that looked really good for all intents and purposes from an external frame of reference. But inside my heart, um, there were some misgivings that were occurring, and I knew I could not continue on that path. But I didn't know how to make a change. Like you referenced at the beginning of the, of the show, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid and I didn't know how to make a change. And I started to get sick. My body started to break down as a placeholder to me to pay attention. Um, and in getting sick, that led me on an exploration into complementary medicine. I had a huge background in allopathic medicine. I knew everything about pharmacology and neuropsychiatry and so forth. And I started to explore alternative medicine, complementary medicine, integrative medicine, more natural ways of approaching our beingness um, from a space of wholeness. And in that exploration, uh, I began to uh, train as a coach. I eventually encountered Matrix Energetics and began studying that, which then led to my eventually teaching that modality with the founder, Dr. Richard Bartlett. And now, if we fast forward to the present moment, I can look back and I can see some very strong parallels between how I was promoting specific morphic fields in the pharmaceutical industry for people to experience a change in their reality, and now how I can promote fields of information 
to inform people of their choices so that they can experience changes in their reality too. So rather than, you know, pushing drugs, I'm simply pushing fields. I love it. I love it. I love it. So talk a little bit about your, when we again, before we came on the air, I love the word seminars and that I looked on your website and you have a variety of um, seminars, seminars and workshops. And one of them is called the M joy of being woman. And um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly the, um, the M joy of being women is one particular seminar in the M joy seminar series. Uh, There's also the M joy integrative and very soon there will be the M joy of being men. The M Joy of Being Women is a course that is uh, open to women only, and it is really a course based on uh, self-empowerment and learning how to relate to self and relate to others in a very empowering, fulfilling, integrated way. Even though it is a course just for women, it isn't so much about being women. It's ultimately about integrating what is referred to as the sacred feminine with the sacred masculine. And it's about beginning to recognize that there are certain experiences that as women we have consistently shared, no matter how diverse we may be and how different our experiences are, there are some core universal fields that Um, have given rise to specific experiences. And so it's a very, very safe environment for releasing old programs that no longer serve us, for reframing how we've perceived prior choices, and then realizing that moving forward, we all have the opportunity to choose in a more empowered way. It's something I refer to as choice with discernment. So it's a very heart-centered process that is special for women, but it isn't necessarily about um, overcoming the the traditionally uh, wounded sacred feminine. It's really about coming from a place of empowerment so that we can approach all that we relate to in a unified way, which then ripples out and benefits not only women but men as well. What are some long-range benefits do you think you've seen by doing these seminars with women or or have heard about? Well, you know, the the stories that that people share with me are so heartwarming and and humbling and beautiful. They they span from as simple as uh, one woman had – she had driven to the seminar because she lived local, and uh, she sent me an email on her way home from the seminar, and this is going to sound funny, but you'll get, the, you'll get how profound it is. She actually pulled over to the gas station, and for the first time in 30 years, she pumped her own gasoline into her car rather than getting an attendant. Now, it, it, that can sound funny, and, and you may ask, well, well, how is that really useful? But it was a huge shift for her in terms of not being afraid to try something new and to just just basically just do it. Now, how that rippled out into her experience of her life was that her relationship with her husband significantly changed. Her children started to respect her in a new way. And her experience at her job did like a 180 almost overnight. 
Uh, Some people come to the seminars and their financial situations change almost overnight. There's been a few people who have actually just read the book and they manifested new homes by simply playing in fields 104, 105, and 106, which are fields of abundance. Um, Long-standing back pain has gone away, but I think the most consistent feedback that I've gotten, um, particularly from women, is the feeling of self-love, of the feeling of being able to be their true authentic self and to truly authentically express that true authentic self, whether we're talking about speaking their truth or vibrantly uh, creating circumstances that reflect that true authentic self rather than compromising or trying to fit in or putting on a mask or a persona that denies the truth of who they really are. So there's a, a, a tremendous amount of individuality that comes forth, and it's not individuality from a space of separation. It's individuality expressing as an extension of community, as an extension of completion. Yes, yes, and I get it. I absolutely get that example on how powerful and how big that is. And if everybody listening to this program, again, would release uh, resistance and see opportunity just in that statement that we could see how big that creates a ripple effect in someone's life. So I hear that piece very strongly, very strongly. Thank you. So tell me a bit. I always always ask our guests who we're having that on one of your pieces of your articles that I read about dropping into your Taurus field of the heart Uh and how easy that is in breathing. First, would you like to tell our guests or our audience Um, what the Taurus field is of the heart and perhaps do a small meditation to kind of help us get into that field a little bit. Is that possible? It's certainly possible, and I'm most definitely willing. So thank Thank you for asking. Yeah. So so the, the field of the heart is, from a scientific standpoint, it's called a tube torus. Uh, What a tube torus is, it's two counter-rotating torsion fields, much more simply stated. It's two spirals. One spiral spins in one direction, and the other spiral spins in the opposite direction. If you want to know what a torsion field looks like, watch the water as it drains down your sink or as it drains out of your bathtub. That is a torsion field. It's It's like a little mini tornado or an eddy. Now, the field of the heart that we're talking about is not the physical heart, uh, not even the heart chakra, although the field of the heart includes the physical heart and the heart chakra because the field of the heart includes everything as part of itself. The construct that we're talking about, this tube torus, what we're talking about is the spinning of our fields as individuals. But what's key about the tube torus, this counter-rotating torsion field of the heart, is that it is a portal or a gateway into all of universal consciousness. Um, The most efficient movement of consciousness is through the form of a spiral. Everything is consciousness spinning. Uh, We talk about that unconditional love, wanting to experience itself, 
in reflection as a condition, it spins. Everything spins. Our heart fields spin. When we drop into the center of the field of our heart, what we are dropping into is the space where where expression meets potential. We could consider potential to be universal consciousness potential or unconditional love, and then expression is everything that comes from that, all the distinctions and experiences that we have. Well, the field of the heart is the nexus where potential meets expression. It is the point where individuality meets the all. It is also the point where we have access to absolutely anything and everything across all time. And so one of the beautiful benefits of dropping into the field of the heart is that we create an opening or a portal into accessing universal consciousness, into accessing all of the waves of possibilities that are available before our awareness collapses the wave function into an actualized choice. So dropping down into the field of the heart is what gives us access essentially to everything. Now it's important to know that ultimately we're always in the field of the heart because it's what we are. It's it's almost one of the very first things that pops through the vacuum even before the physical heart is formed. Mm. So even though we're always in the field of the heart, our awareness may have migrated completely away from this recognition. We may be so mired in our thoughts, in our anticipations about what dread may come, in our fears, in our ruminations around the past, and in our programmed way of perceiving reality that we have forgotten this core essence is available to us by virtue of just moving our awareness back to the centering. So if you know this, then you can also know that the heart field is always accessible to you. It's simply a matter of bringing your awareness to this recognition. Now, the tricky part about being in the field of the heart is that we are are touching unconditional love as a preconditioned essence. Now, what does that mean? That means that there are no conditions yet. Nothing has yet expressed its potential. That means there's no no form. There's no energy expressing. There's no emotion. Thus, there may not be a feeling. However, once we connect through the field of the heart, what tends to occur when we're in that space of grace is this bubbling up of what I define as joy, for lack of a better term, because it's this, um, this giddiness that occurs for no reason whatsoever. It's, it's the sheer joy of being. As you mentioned earlier, I share that dropping down into the field of the heart can be as easy as breathing. And the reason I use that analogy is that we don't really think about breathing. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And... It happens and it happens. But you can leverage breathing as a conscious exercise in awareness and then all of a sudden all you notice is your breath. So let's just take kind of a moment 
And I'll invite all the listeners to take a deep breath in. And as we take the deep breath in, allow for your awareness to follow the breath all the way back essentially to the center of the throat. And then exhale. And then on the exhale, allow for your awareness to drop down from the throat down into the chest cavity and even further, even all the way down to the belly button if you so choose. We breathe in potential. Exhale expression. Breathe in unconditional love. Express or exhale love as experience. A very, very playful way to drop the awareness down into the field of the heart is to create a construct where you're moving awareness from the so-called head, where we think our thoughts are, even though they really aren't in our head, they're actually organized in fields, but we think we think in our head. So we're in our head and we're having all these thoughts. Even when we focus our awareness in our head, all of a sudden it's like we have... uh, we have glasses on that blind us from having 360-degree vision. We can only see what's, like, right in front of us. And that's pretty much tunnel vision. That's what focusing on your reality from your mind can do. And if you see yourself as though you're wearing glasses and then allow for those glasses to drop down to the center of your chest and then expand out, There's an expansion of this tunnel vision where all of a sudden we're almost able to see the full circumference of our awareness, not just what's in front of us, but what's next to us and what's behind us. I also like to play around with the idea of having an elevator in my head, and this is one of my favorite ways to play. And I create a miniature version of myself to get inside the elevator and I wait for the doors to close and I press the down button. And then as an observer, I watch the elevator moving down from my head through my sinuses, down through my throat and down into the area that we would identify with as the chest cavity, not necessarily the physical heart. And then I allow for the elevator doors to open. And I step out into this space of expansion. And what I notice beyond feeling relaxed and a feeling of softening, I feel connected. To me, the even though we're tapping into a preconditioned essence, the experience for me of being in the field of the heart is connection. I feel connected to my body, connected to my surroundings, connected to absolutely everything. And in that connection, there is a dissipation of self-consciousness where I am aware of myself as an individual, but I see myself as being inherently connected to absolutely everything. Are you still there? I am. I am in my heart. <laughs> well, see, and that's the whole funny thing about being in the field of the heart. It's um, it's a it's such a quiet place, mm-hmm. and even my t- 
talking through the experience of being in the field of the heart, sometimes that dialogue can create a query of, well, am I really in my heart? How do I know? What did she say? I kind of missed that last thing. And I invite all of our listeners to, to let go of those thoughts. Let them serve as, as floating clouds in the sky. And just allow yourself to ask this question. If I were to notice my own unique experience of being in the field of the heart, how might that show up? Would I feel expanded? Would I feel peaceful? Would I feel nothing? And knowing that feeling nothing is it's okay because that nothing is that potential before that potential expresses us something. Sometimes dropping in the field of the heart can create a desire to leave the field of the heart. Um, and oftentimes that is a result of early experiences where we might have encoded that being in the field of the heart is not safe. And I invite our listeners to consider that being in the field of the heart is the safest place to be. It is home. It is inner dominion. And it is the opening into accessing our true authentic power, which is not power over anything or anyone. It is an inner connection with everything that then expresses as a balancing of the fulcrum of grace. The easiest way to get into the field of the heart is to simply ask, if I knew where my awareness was now, in relation to the field of my heart, where's the first place my attention takes me? Well, for some of our listeners, it's probably dinner time, so they're thinking they need to be cooking dinner. That's where their awareness is. The moment awareness is recognized, simply connect to it and invite that part of your awareness to come back in to this beautiful, limitless, spiraling torsion field of grace called the field of the heart. It's ultimately, in the most simplest perspective, it's connection. Mm -hmm. Connecting into the only part of ourselves that ultimately knows it is already complete. We already have all the information we need in order to manifest our true authentic desires that well up from the heart. I feel this, you know, I know that it isn't your physical heart, but I certainly feel the energy in my, I think, in my physical heart. It feels like it's kind of developed into two, three times bigger than it normally is. So That's beautiful. One of the beautiful things about the field of the heart is that you can experience it any way you choose. I sometimes mm-hmm. experience the field of my heart in my big toe because hmm. the field of the heart includes everything as part of itself. It is all-inclusive. And so however we experience, the experience of no experience in the field of the heart is unique to us, and we are wise to honor that. I think it's beautiful that what you noticed was a changing of your physical heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is how you noticed experiencing the field of the heart right now. Tomorrow, you may have a completely different experience because ultimately there are as many ways to drop into the field of the heart and to notice being in the field of the heart as there are expressions of limitless potential. That means however it occurs 
for anyone, anywhere, at any time is correct. There is no wrong way to do this. And we all already know how to do this. We've simply forgotten. All I'm doing right. is providing, I'm providing reminder cues. Right. Mm-hmm. So Conversation for, over. Well, what uh, do we talk about now? It's like, can we just stay here, please? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah, let's well, get that. <laughs> and, and, and we can. And, and what is so beautiful about heart-centered awareness is that it is this, it's this, it's this clean slate for creating in our love holograms because anything becomes possible from this space because the collapse of the wave function hasn't occurred yet. It's like the field of the heart is this limitless sea or ocean of infinite potential. And from this sea of infinite potential, waves of possibilities well up. And these waves of possibilities are um, available to us through our intuitive hunches. And then by virtue of paying attention to our intuitive hunches, the waves swelling up from this huge ocean of love, we have the power of choice in order to discern which wave we want to connect to and how we want to let that unfold in our experience of reality. So it's like, doing from a space of being, but we are always, always connected to that beingness where all is possible, all is available, and then we get to decide how we want to ride those waves. We never leave the sea, though. We are always connected to the ocean, just in the same way that when a wave crashes onto the shore, it is still connected to the ocean. Well, that was one of the questions, you know, I wanted to ask you, Melissa Joy, is about the question of staying authentically open in your hearts and feeling this energy, which I feel right now, and at the same time, you know, really welcoming boundaries or having the ability to discern at the same time, that sometimes I feel, oh, I shouldn't have these boundaries or I shouldn't discern, and I feel like I've left that Taurus field of energy. So how how would you suggest, or what would you say about that, about staying in the Taurus energy field but still discerning and welcoming boundaries? I love that question. And any time we go into judgment of ourselves, any time we're running that program that says should, we uh-huh. do leave our hearts, right? Like, like we get mad at ourselves because we want to do something, and then we're like, I shouldn't do that. So let's let's drop the shoulds because they're they're not really they're not really fun to shoulder. Um, one of the ways, and I love this question, and and it's something that I've pondered uh, over the years because there's this particularly in the new age community there's this message of oh we're all one right they, they, we're all one and I've always wondered well we're all one and yet. I'm an individual, and you're an individual, and we're all very, very different. So how do we honor our individuality and reconcile that with this notion of this grand unified field of interconnection that we are not separate? And what has been incredibly useful for me, and I talk about this in Little Book of Big Potentials as well as the Amjoy teachings, is something that I call fluid boundaries. And what fluid boundaries provide us with is the ability to navigate 
through any terrain of consciousness based on what is occurring for us in the moment. And what I mean by that is that it's like we can recognize the need to implement boundaries whenever we find ourselves leaving our hearts. That's usually the, the quickest cue. It's like somebody invades our space or they start pushing their agenda on us. And what's the first thing we tend to do? We tend to leave our hearts to stand our ground, right, or to push back or to resist this feeling that doesn't feel very honorable. What fluid boundaries allow for us to do is to to essentially be like water and to ebb and flow in the moment, not deciding in advance the way we should be or how we need to interact with a pattern or a person or a situation or a condition. But we allow for our awareness to stay in the field of the heart and then choose with discernment in the very next moment what feels authentically honorable to our true authentic self. And this concept is a fractal game changer. It ultimately is because we all work so hard. You know, we may have boundary violators in our lives or people who push our buttons. You know, that's what families do, right? Like they know exactly how to push our buttons. And <laughs> so, so we decide in advance that instead of getting our buttons pushed, this time we're going to have boundaries and we're going we're gonna to let them know that they can't do that to us. Well, what that does from an energetic standpoint is it actually teaches the pattern of the boundary violator how to get smarter. It actually also encodes for the very experience that we may want to avoid because we're resonating with needing to create a certain structure in order for something not to occur. And then it occurs because of that resonance in that polarity conundrum. And so what fluid boundaries allows for is the spontaneity to move and dance with the experience in the moment in a way that feels integrous and congruent to our true authentic self and the field of the heart. And it requires a little bit of practice because we spend so much time anticipating the way others may uh, react to us. Right, And we have prior experiences that serve as evidence, and then we anticipate their response accordingly. But what we're actually doing is creating like a rubber band effect where nothing else becomes possible and available. What fluid boundaries allows for is freedom and flexibility for all parties to relate in a new way in the very next moment. And that's how new realities are created. Got it. Because... That that is what takes the word should out of it. Those fluid boundaries. Absolutely. You know, yes. When you explain that to me, that totally, totally take the should away because fluid boundaries represents just like you said the the ability to create new realities wherever we're at at the time is where we're at, and to honor and respect that. That's that's what I see as the true authentic self. Absolutely, and it serves as an opportunity for those that we are in relation to or in relation with because we aren't showing up in the same way, and all of a sudden they're encountering a new pattern, and they're free to choose differently as well. Mm-hmm. So it creates this beautiful ripple effect that that honors all that are involved in the pattern. Mm-hmm. 
Who are your personal mentors right now or who have been your role models on your journey of where you're at? And maybe huh. there are many. And like you could answer that. Everyone who has ever been I connected to, but do you have a personal mentor well, or role model? Well, it's funny person? because if I if I if I mention three people, then there's going to be 33 people that I would have left out. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh, in the acknowledgments of my book. I I actually I stated you know to acknowledge all the beings who've contributed to to my experience of reality would be the entire book. <laughs> and, um, and and this is kind of like the same question of who, uh, what brought you to this point today? Well, every interaction that I've had has, has rippled into my love hologram. Um, there have been a lot of uh, teachers and friends along the way who've had a profound experience uh, on my life. I've been teaching the art and science of interactive reality creation with Dr. Richard Bartlett for the last eight years, and he and I do a, a, a dance with consciousness almost every other weekend when we teach seminars. Pro- very profound influence on my life. Um, but so to have quite honestly, all of the antagonists in my life. Uh, there's, a, there's a section in the book where I express, I express gratitude for them because in many ways, by virtue of their not seeing me in a clear, coherent frame of reference, um, they taught me to connect into my own inherent true authentic power. And they taught me through contrast in many ways how not to be. So I, I feel it's, it's not so much that we can acknowledge the, the people that have supported us, but also the people that haven't supported us because they also shape our experience of ourselves, even if it's an experience that kind of feels yucky. Um, that becomes a springboard for a greater recognition of what's right, true, and correct for our true authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that as well is to honor and respect even the antagonists in our life. And sometimes, like you said, those, for me, anyhow, personally, that has been one of my biggest teachers is the antagonist. So I thank the antagonist in my life as well. For well, and, and I would have to include myself in, in the equation of the antagonist. Uh, sometimes we're our own worst enemies, right? We, we berate ourselves and we discount um, our inherent awesomeness and we don't give ourselves the proper credit, love and appreciation that we deserve. And um, and then we wonder why things aren't going well for us, why our relationships yeah. aren't working out. And and so really learning to authentically accept oneself and to love oneself and and move from antagonizing oneself and comparing oneself to others to um, accepting and appreciating oneself from a space of, of completion uh, can change the way that we relate to everything. So I'm I'm grateful that I can antagonize myself and then I can choose to stop. Yes, 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 absolutely. Well, let our audience know where they can get your book, The Little Book of Big Potentials. Where could they get that? I would love to let our audience know. The easiest way, fastest way, is to visit Amazon and type in Little Book of Big Potentials, 24 Fields of Flow, Fulfillment, Abundance and Joy in Everyday Life, or you can just type in my author name, Melissa Joy Johnson, and that's spelled J-O-N-S-S-O-N. The book will be releasing into the retail sectors uh, within four to six weeks. 
Uh, but right now you can get the print version and the Kindle version uh, on Amazon. The audiobook is releasing, it will actually be out by the time our show airs. It will be releasing in the next week, so when the show airs uh, live on the air, the audiobook will also be available. That's available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. I highly recommend the audiobook. It is uh, lovingly narrated in my voice, and it, it's a very, very beautiful experience because unlike reading where you actually like open the book and you're you're focusing it's more of a receptive uh download of the information and and sound expressing words expressing light is like this uh dancing vibration for the cells so i would say get the get the physical book and also get the audio book and uh, enjoy the experience. One of the things that many of the readers have said is that it's such a, a, a rich book that while they might have wanted to sit down and read it you know, front, front to back in one sitting, it's really kind of like a buffet where you, where you just open the book to any page and, and some truth will speak to you. Some readers love to read it from the front to back, but the book itself is it's, it's hologrammed, and what that means is that each individual chapter contains all of the information that is inherent to the entire book. So you could read one chapter, but encoded in there is the entire book. You could read one paragraph, and encoded in there is the entire book. That is essentially the nature of reality as a hologram, and the book itself follows that same symmetry which means you can kind of read the book however it feels right for you, and you'll get something useful from the experience. Wow, that sounds great. My uh, website is www.mjoyheartfield.com, M-J-O-Y-H-E-A-R-T-F-I-E-L-D.com. Many of the articles that you've been referencing are there on the website as well as other uh, daily musings uh, from from blogs. There's a ton of information on the website. Uh, listeners can also find me on the Matrix Energetics website, which is the other platform that I teach on with Dr. Richard Bartlett. And that platform is www.matrixenergetics, M-A-T-R-I-X-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S.com. Um, the seminars that are coming up, uh, Dr. Bartlett and I will be teaching in Switzerland and Germany in the month of October. I will then be teaching an MJOY integrative seminar that is open to everyone in Del Mar, California, which is a part of San Diego, November 14th and 15th. If anyone is listening to this interview and you're, you're located in Southern California, I will also be speaking at the Subtle Energy Retreat uh, in San Diego, September 25th through the 27th. I'm speaking one day on the 26th, and I would encourage our listeners to come check that Subtle Energy Retreat out as well. I'll be talking about uh, interactive reality creation from the field of the heart. Wow, you are a busy woman doing passionately love what you love to do. I can again, I can hear that in your voice. I can feel that from your center of your energetic field of your heart. Um, I personally want to thank you. I know that you're incredibly busy, and yet you said yes to the Hope Interface Center. So I and the Pure Hope Show 
And I thank you so much for being on the program tonight. Well, I thank you so much for inviting me. Like I uh, shared before the show started recording, this is my favorite conversation to be in. So to be in that with someone else, another heart-minded, like-minded individual, and then to share it with all your listeners, it just tickles my heart. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I will put, to all of our listeners, I will put all of Melissa Joy's information on our personal website and put it also on the um, invitation to listen to this Pure Hope show. And so we'll make sure that we get all of that information accurate and put on our uh, placement so people, if they want to get a hold of you, that they will know how to do that. So once again, I thank you, thank you, thank you for saying yes to our show and um, encourage you all, as I told once again, Melissa, before we started the program, I did go on her website. I did uh, read a bunch of her articles. Once again, she does have a way, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I'm saying the truth. She does indeed have a way of putting things together that are complex, but leaves you all with an idea of how to understand that. So I encourage you all to get her book, The Little Book of Big Potentials. When you're listening to this, I want you to know that this guidance of this great energetic field is having you listen to this information. So please, please um, go out and do yourself a favor by getting this information to you, The Little Book of Big Potentials. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much for being on the air with us tonight. Thank you very much, and I wish you all well. And to our listeners, know you are never stuck. Opportunities abound, and you always have the power to choose a different way of relating and just know that you are loved and you deserve the very best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On that note, I would like to thank all of my listeners that are with us tonight, as well as all of those who will log on to our archived programs. All of our programs are archived. If you like what you have heard and are ready to share this with the world, to be a part of our Lightworkers Network Grid, then please pass on this program on to others. This program was created and always is created to help awaken people to help them maintain an opening to the new world at hand. It is always a joy to have you with us. I give thanks to my angels and my guides and my holy ones for helping me with this very successful program. We've been blessed to have listeners from all over the world, from Egypt to Hawaii to our neighbors next door. So let us continue to bring in the light and love to help make this world move into our fifth kingdom of infinite possibilities. Our next program will be on Tuesday, October 27th at 7 p.m. with Stephen Garrett. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind, be gentle, be loving, be true.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.